Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Project Do-It-Yourself podcast. I'm Avi. This episode is sponsored by Project Do-It-Yourself. Check us out on Instagram at Project Do-It-Yourself. Today I'll be talking to Heidi about her project of restoring an old farmhouse. Heidi, thanks so much for joining today. Do you mind giving us a little background? Where do you live and what's your day job? Yeah, I live in Northeast Wisconsin. My day job is actually running a private family foundation, but I have the secret passion. My husband is a tech ed teacher, and so I have a vision for everything, and he helps make it come to life. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's great you have a partner for this. Yeah, I should have. That was like a requirement, I think. Excellent. So you mentioned that your DIY project is that you were restoring a barn, and I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, actually, it's not a barn. It's an old farmhouse. So farmhouse, we are... Yeah. Yeah, my grandfather bought this property like way back. I don't know exactly. We think it was built in like the 1920s or 30s. So it's gone through many iterations. I actually lived in this house for a little while as a child and my parents lived here. And so we decided when we had a family, I was like, I think I want to buy that house. So we are restoring it, keeping some of the character, but modernizing it as well. So a lot of projects happening. <laughs> That sounds like a big project. What's the process for organizing yourself in this in this project? Yeah, so really my husband and I tend to have the vision and then he tries to bring it to life, as I mentioned. So we started talking yeah. about the garage needed repair. So where do we start there? It's that you pull the thread and the entire cloth unravels. So we realized, <laughs> okay, we need to think about this in phases or we're going to end up being in this journey for 20 years and redoing a lot of the projects so we really started with what is the long-term plan and worked our way backwards and then started to put dollars behind it. So at one point we had thought about having a extending the second story and we realized it costs more to do that than it is to just rebuild the entire house. So I think wow. having a vision and then starting to put some dollars behind it and saying, okay, what do we really need? Because I would say I'm like an aspiring minimalist. So I don't necessarily okay. need a lot of stuff and all the bells and whistles. We just wanted to be practical, but still have the space of something other than an old farmhouse with some modern amenities, but yeah. make it also affordable too, so that we weren't essentially working the rest of our lives to pay for this house. That's fair. That makes a lot of sense. So it sounds like you're doing a lot of these things yourself versus hiring someone else to do those things. Did you already have experience doing renovation or have you been learning skills while you're renovating? Yes, and <laughs> some of the skills we had, my husband, again, is is relatively handy. Things like drywall were things he could do. He could have done all of the framing, but that's a lot of time and energy. We have three kids and we both work full time. Yeah. So we just, we had to really do a cost benefit analysis on our own time and say, what is worth <laughs> us doing and what things can wait? So I'm still living. We did most of our renovation in 2019 for, we did a small addition and then the pandemic hit. So then we were like, okay, we're stuck in our house. Let's like start working on things again. So that's when we redid all of the hardwood floors and started working on the trim. So there's some things that are pretty low key, like replacing windows is actually pretty easy. And there's a low risk versus, okay. yeah, it's actually not too hard. You just frame it out. The, the key is getting enough shims and making sure things are level. So things like that, my husband's willing to do those things with a couple of YouTube videos and just making yeah. sure he has the right tools. And now we're at the phase of trim and 
we did hire someone to do all of the roofing work, even though we could have done that. That was a lot of time and energy and that's hot. It's not fun work. So we hired yeah. that out. But for the most part, if it's like a foundational structure thing or a high risk item, we'll hire it out. Or if it's just like time versus energy, we just don't have the time to get it to move. We'll hire it out. Otherwise, we pretty much do most of the work ourselves. That's great. So before this big project you know, starting a couple of years ago, what were some smaller things you had done, either you or your husband, as other DIY things or other interesting projects? Yeah, my husband has always been building stuff. So it was everything from he would love to be, I think, a long-term carpenter, but I also don't know <laughs> that he wants that lifestyle. I think he likes the idea of it. So he's built everything. I had him build stuff for our wedding. I wanted this kind of wagon looking thing. And I was like, I can't find what I'm looking for. So I would draw it out and he would build it. So it started with just little small projects. He built a trellis. And then we started working on our house that we had bought, our previous house that we had bought and just tearing out. We finished the basement. So I think it was just a matter of making that realistic. Because again, you're in an old farmhouse. Some of these houses don't have livable basements. So how do we make it livable? How do we make it functional? those types of things. And then it was just like reimagining things. Like we had a small space that we wanted to be able to put our, it was a stairwell and we wanted to be able to put our shoes somewhere because they, otherwise they're like all over the stairs. And we came up with this idea to put a cement tube essentially cut up against the wall. So you, your shoes could fit into it. It wasn't anything real technical, but it, it was functional. And then we painted it to make it look cool. So it's been this ebb and flow of things that it's more of a problem, right? That this isn't working for us. How do we solve the problem and then get creative around what could the solution look like without it costing an arm and a leg? What does that creative process look like for you? Is it just a lot of like paper drawing or talking with people? It usually starts with a conversation and we've had to learn through our relationship because we do so much of this and we're so different that he, we have a rule that the other person can't say no for 24 hours because I would come up with these crazy ideas and he'd be like, no, we can't do that. It's too expensive. It's not going to work. And I was like, it can work. It might not make sense to work. So we've had that process. And then usually he's much more technical. So I can do a sketch on a piece of paper but then he will sometimes need much more specifics. So I think that initial, it's not pretty, it's not technical, it's not perfect, but just getting the idea out there, a lot of drawing, communicating, it's, it goes, we use a lot of various forms, a lot of pictures, I'll see something and say, this is what I'm thinking, but I want it like this. So it's a lot of creative communication, actually. That sounds like a great partnership. I, I Maybe the next time we'll have to interview both of you guys for the <laughs> podcast and see what that's like, actually, because uh, most people I've talked to, at least up to this point, are doing projects on their own or they might be doing it with their partner, but it's not as quite an intertwined process, especially for that creative part. So it's interesting to see what you guys have uh, put together. Yeah, it's fun. And it actually, it allows us to be creative too. I think we encourage the creativity now. Now it's not like we're not out doing it for anybody else. Like, The other thing I would say in all of this is we got really grounded in what our values were. So we were not trying to outdo the Joneses down the street. That was not our focus and getting really clear on what is it we really want our house to be. I always wanted to walk in the door and feel like, oh, this is home. This feels good. (laughs) So we've had some good conversations too on what does home look like and how do we want that to be and how do we want our kids to feel in this space? Our house is not always clean because it's home. And so we didn't, we also thought about that too in the design principles. Okay, where do we have the mess? Where are we allowed to like keep the mess somewhat hidden? Where are we allowed the kids to 
be themselves without feeling, oh, we got to clean up all the time. That's a great, I think that's a great philosophy to make sure that there's, it feels welcoming. You mentioned you have, your kids are involved in your, your projects. Did they help you with some of these tasks? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I should send you some pictures. Yeah, it was fun. When we tore out, the, so the old wood floors are like those 12 inch planks. So they're the old, they're super cool. And I was like, we have to keep these wherever we find them now. If we're not going to use them in that space, we keep them. So we took them out of the old bathroom and my kids got really curious. Like, I want to work on this. So I have some awesome pictures where the kids are helping. Those only last for 10 minutes, but the fact that they're building something and they are a part of the solution, it's really fun to see all of that come to life. I'm not sure if you can remember some of your first memories of building projects or doing things. Like, is there something that comes to mind for for you that was from your childhood? I'm pretty sure it was a birdhouse of some sort. (laughs) (laughs) I've done things less with the construction side of things and more in the creation. So I was a photographer for a number of years and I did scrapbooking and I've always felt like I was creating something and not necessarily for anybody but myself. And that though has really carried over. And I see that in my kids too. My kids are actively drawing or designing or they love building things. My son is constantly creating something out of cardboard. So I think it as they learn and get curious, they start to see potential and different inspiration that's around them. So what tools did you already have or did you have to go out and buy things or or borrow these tools? This is one of those things I'd love to solve because I feel like that gets in the way of doing a lot of the work. Part of my mission in life is to really create communities around shared passion. And I told my husband, I was like, we should create like a a business where we could, and we haven't done this, by the way, but someone should go do this, (laughs) like a tool library or something where you can check them out, but you can also contract. Like I told my husband, I'm like, what if people contracted with you and you could teach them how to do this and give them the tools to borrow? Because people get so bogged down in the research of what I need and how much it's going to cost and I want to get the right thing, but then you're only going to use it for a short amount of time. So I would say the basics just for building, just my husband could give you the answer. For us, it doesn't take a lot of tools. And if we don't have them, we really try to just tap our network and say, hey, I'm working on this project. Does anybody have a generator that I can borrow? Or a certain saw with when you put doors in, you need some type of tool. Again, I'm not the expert here, but no, that's um, fair. <laughs> you need certain tools, but you don't really need them for the long term. So how do you build your network and borrow from people and, and trust people that are borrowing your tools that they don't break them and all that kind of stuff? Do we have a certain set of tools? Yeah, they, we do. Simple things. Usually a good ratchet set and a good screwdriver set are critical in every toolbox. But I would say most of them are learn as you go and you borrow when you can't buy. Sounds good. I think also maybe on those lines, it depends on how much space you even have in your house to, to right. store these things. If you can, if you have, I live in a city and my work area is very small, so I can't even uh, fit that many things in. In terms of some of the work you've already done for the past few years, are there any lessons learned you could share for people that are trying to do a renovation on an older home? So I live a life of adventure and I would say those principles apply to any DIY project. Don't get so blinded by the destination that you lose sight of the journey is probably my key takeaway for your audience. (laughs) Because even when I have a design in mind or when I think something is going to go a certain way, things come up and being able to adjust and embrace those as opportunities as opposed to feeling like you're off the rails now I think that's just part of the learning process and being curious about, okay, that didn't go according to plan. Now what? How can I adapt and make this work and still have it align with what my vision was without getting so 
turned off by the mistake or by the issue that's come up that you don't you don't embrace the process. Is there an example you can think of off the top of your head? Many. (laughs) (laughs) So like I said, it seems like a ripple effect when you are remodeling or doing updates to an old farmhouse, you never know what's behind that wall ever. And so it's things like, oh, we didn't know this plumbing was here. And then we realized that some of the electrical was really outdated. And so it's all these little things and it feels like you're unraveling this fabric that is so extensive and overwhelming, but just pause and say, okay, so our house, there's a lot of open wall space right now. And the studs are showing (laughs) in a couple of places because we have some updates to do. So let's just embrace that and say, okay, this isn't going to be done by the end of the year. So what can get done by the end of the year and looking past all of the overwhelming stuff and really breaking it down into smaller bite-sized pieces that are manageable. So when we replaced all of our windows too, it was like one at a time. Let's replace one window today. We don't have to do all of them this week. Let's just do them as we can. The impact of that is still going to be greater than what it was. It's just maybe not on the timeline. So I just always like to check expectations. So breaking up a large project into small manageable bites sounds fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for spending the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to maybe getting an update when you make more progress down the line for this uh, renovation. Yeah, yeah, I would love to share. And I'll occasionally share on my uh, Instagram page our, our progress. So I haven't done a ton there. I don't. I think that's how you and I connected. But I'll try to share some updates there. We have a story coming out too, just on where we came in the last year, which when you look back, it's really like heartwarming to see the progress you made. Sometimes you don't always see the progress until you look back at all that you've accomplished. Interested in seeing pictures from today's podcast? Check them out on Instagram at project do it yourself the theme music was written by arlen straussman thanks so much and i'll see you next week